Welcome to the Wild Grand Rapids message of the week. We hope you're encouraged, strengthened, and experience the presence of God through this message by Pastor Matthew Fuller. All right. Good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Oh, boy. Look at that. Ooh, it's going to be real anointed today. Got two in one. Uh, we have a problem. I don't know where my coffee is. That is a problem. We're all going to have to take a moment. Got it. All right, just don't mind me. Talk amongst yourselves. Hey, how was your week? Great. How about yours? Awesome. Good to see you. This is a Mud Penny Mug. Uh, what would you call it? Second edition? Did you guys see these yet? Full logo, trademark now. Pretty cool. Well, that's more exciting than that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Man, I'm excited about this message today. Very excited. I'm going to piggyback a little bit on a message that Max preached. Maybe that's why his name was up there. A message that he preached maybe two years ago now at this point called Original Intent. Does anybody here for that? Anybody remember that? Talking about the original intent of humanity and why we were put on this earth. So I'm going to go through that as well. Each and every one of us have been given meaning. Each and every one of us have, have been given a sense of purpose. I did not know how much I rely on Aunt Di being here until right now in this moment. Wow, normally she's one of the people that I look at. I'm just looking at a gift bag. So if anybody else wants to give my mother more gifts, apparently one person was obedient to the Lord this uh, Sunday. Uh, you can also, she'll take a check, debit card. Do you want to do debit card? Okay, anything that you want to give her, just go ahead and give it to her. Venmo, Square Cash. Can we actually put up the information? <laughs> so each and every one of us have been given a meaning or a purpose in life that is unique and individual to who you have been created to be. In, uh, in Western culture, we say things like, hey, grow up and be all that you can be. Do whatever you want to do. You, the, you know, the sky is the limit. That sounds great, unless what you're trying to do is not who you've been created to be. So it sounds good in concept. It sounds good in theory, like we can do whatever we want, but you've actually been created for a specific purpose, for a specific reason, for a specific time that you have been created to be on this earth. Unfortunately, it's during a pandemic, but hey, it's okay. You've been created for this moment. You have been equipped and you are more than capable of going through this season in victory as one that reigns and not one that is overcome. So let's, uh, let's start here. Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Now we're going to talk for a quick second here about what this means. It says that the earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. What this is actually translated into, that more and more scholars are realizing, is that what, what formless and void actually means is a shapeless mass of chaos. So in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth happened to look like a shapeless mass of chaos. 
And then he begins to put his order into that chaos. He starts off with, let there be light. And then he separates the night uh, from the day. He starts to bring, uh, he, he starts to divide the waters on the earth. He brings forth vegetation. There's trees start to grow. He, he releases animals upon the earth. Thank you, Lord, for brisket on this earth. What do you guys think about a brisket tattoo? Can we take another quick moment? What do you think? Like, is slicing it and then maybe pulled pork on this side or something? That's a good idea. So he starts to separate everything. And then on the sixth day, <laughs> sorry, I got a little sidetracked there. Get sidetracked again. Okay, so on the sixth day, he created man. Let's skip down to verse 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image and in our likeness. Now we're going to stop right there because there's something extremely important about that scripture right there. Let's make mankind in our image. You know, at this time, when Moses wrote this, uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit, this was a time when pharaohs were looked at like they were gods. They were actually the image of God upon the earth. And then there was the rest of humanity. So he's actually saying this in a time where there is only one person that's supposedly made in the image of God. He writes this, that let us make mankind in our image. I'm going to read something real quick uh, from an article that I read last week. Many scholars draw a parallel between the image of God in Genesis and images of kings in the ancient world. Rulers could not be everywhere at once, and travel was slow. So they would erect monuments or statues of themselves throughout their kingdoms. These images let everybody know that the king's rule extended wherever his image was found. So you've been created in the image of God, and he's writing this in a time that says that that means the king's rule is extended everywhere you go, because you are carrying the image of God upon your life. Look at this. So we go back to the original purpose of why humanity was created. This is the very beginning. Every one of us, like I said, are, we're seeking after purpose. We're seeking after meaning in life. And in order to find that, we need to know first and foremost why we were created in the beginning. So he says, let us make them in our image. And then he goes on to the, the next verse here, continues on, so that they may rule. Each and every one of you have been created to rule upon this earth. This is, this is royalty language that they're using here. This is king language here. He's saying, let us make man in our image. Let, let's, let's put up monuments of God, of the universe, walking, living monuments that will extend the rule of his kingdom here upon this earth. So he started the process, and then he gives it to you and I to finish. There was chaos upon this earth. He started to bring order it with, to that chaos, and he says, now let's let my image finish that chaos. Let's let it take it over, and we're going to start off with the garden. So the idea was is that the garden was actually supposed to spread across the entire earth until the knowledge of the glory of the Lord covered the earth like the waters covered the sea. So let us make man in our image so that they may rule over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, over the livestock, and all the wild animals, and over all of the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Another translation says, be fruitful and multiply. 
Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. You see, we, we can look at this scripture and it's like, well, that was then, this is, this is now. Adam and Eve, they, they ate the fruit, right? So this was the original intent of why humanity was put upon this earth, is that they would actually be fruitful and multiply, that they would subdue the earth, that they would fill the earth. Not just be fruitful and commune in the garden, but be fruitful and multiply across the entire globe. Romans chapter 5, verse 17 says this. Oh, is she watching right now? Sorry, one second. Anthony's texting me. Let me take, oh, with you in spirit today. That's so nice. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in this life through the one, Jesus Christ. So each and every one of us have been called to rule upon this earth and to reign with Jesus Christ. Now, what that looks like is probably very different than what we, our, our mind initially goes to. You see, it's in the same way uh, the church can fall into the same type of error, so to speak, that the Jewish people fell into when they were looking for um, somebody to, to uh, free them from the oppression of Rome. They wanted a military leader. They wanted somebody that would come and conquer and tear down the enemy. But Jesus showed what a, a true example of what it looks like to reign here upon this earth is. Through love, faithfulness, kindness, gentleness. We're not going to say long-suffering. Self-control. Amen. But he shows us a different way of what that actually means then to rule upon this earth. So if, if, we, if what we lost was lost in the garden. All authority that was given to man, made in the image of God, was distorted, handed over to the devil, was then won back through Jesus, then the mandate still stands that we are to actually reign in this life. We're actually supposed to rule upon this earth and see transformation take place to this earth and continue to spread that garden. See, somewhere along the way, somebody told us that we're supposed to run from the devil. Somewhere along the way, somebody told us that the devil actually has power over our lives. Does this not say, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, speaking of Adam, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. We have been given authority way beyond what we are walking in. We have been tasked with the privilege to rule upon this earth and to spread the Garden of Eden across this globe, to see heaven come to earth and watch the chaos scatter. Matthew chapter 16 says this. This is, this is when Jesus says uh, to, to his disciples, hey, who do men say that I am? Oh, they say you're a prophet. They say you're John the Baptist. They say that you're Jeremiah, that you're one of the prophets. And he says back to him, but who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Verse 17 says, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. It says that the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Have you ever seen a gate on a battlefield? Have you ever seen a gate take off after somebody? 
No, it stays on the fence. It stays on the place where it's meant to contain. The gates of Haiti will not stand against the children of God. In order for a gate to not be able to stand against us, that means we need to invade the gate. Nobody went to war with the gate. All that the devil can do is build strongholds up in people's minds, and we have been tasked with tearing those gates of hell down so that the knowledge of the glory of the Lord will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. You see, we've actually been given so much more in this life to be able to, to overcome And we've been convinced that we're supposed to be on the defense when he says, go and tear down some gates on this earth. See, let us make man in our image. Let us make, let's actually think about this for a second together. Let us make man in our image so that they may rule over everything upon this earth. This is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He places us in the place that the devil is cast to. He creates the very thing that the devil wanted to be. This is the sole reason why he hates you so much. Every single day, the devil looks at each and every one of us as a picture of what he couldn't have. You were made in the image of God. This life that we're living, that if we think for whatever reason that, we're, that we are defeated people, We need to get it out of our mindset. We need to get it out of our vocabulary. We need to come to the understanding that all authority has been given to Jesus. Here, I give you those keys of authority. Now bind on this earth what should be bound in heaven and loose on this earth what should be loosed in heaven. But for whatever reason, we believe that we're getting chased down by the devil. I'm chasing his gates down. He thought he could hide. He thought he could build up strongholds in people's minds. He thought he could build up strongholds of sin, of cycles of sin that take place on this earth. He thought he could build up a stronghold in Afghanistan. We're tearing that gate down. He thought he could build up strongholds through sex trafficking. We're tearing these gates down. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the children of God. All we are doing now, because he has already defeated the devil, we are walking in the victory which he paid for for us. And it says, with him, we will reign not after death. We are not waiting to die until things start working for us. He says that we will reign in this life. You have been made in the image of God to rule upon this earth, to be fruitful and multiply, to subdue this earth, to fill it, to bring everything to subjection to the kingdom of God that is upon this earth, and to do it through service, to do it in the way that Jesus modeled it being done, to do it in a way that communicates love, in a way that actually benefits humanity, in a way that actually lifts up those that are around us. See, it was a place of chaos that he placed us in. And he's tasked each and every one of us to go and to tend to that garden. Genesis chapter 2, verse 15 says, Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to tend and keep it. The NASB uh, translation says to cultivate and tend to it. Now, this is interesting because he says, let us make man in our image so that they will rule over the earth. And in order for them to start that rule, it looks like them picking up a shovel. He's saying, let us make man in our image to rule, to be fruitful and to multiply. Now go get to work. Do you remember a couple weeks ago when I talked uh, about the message of rest? 
Was that a couple weeks, last week, two, three weeks, something like that? And it, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary and are heavy laden, for I will give you rest to your souls. Take my yoke upon you, for my, bur- my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So he's saying, come to me, you will find rest when I put you to the right work. A yoke is what actually brings oxen together so that they can go and they can plow the field. So Jesus says, go and rule over this earth. Go and rule over this earth and do it in a way that looks like this. Grab a shovel and start breaking up some fallow ground. He says, go and cultivate and keep that garden. Now that word in in Hebrew is abad, the word cultivate or tend. And it means to labor or work. But here's the interesting thing. It also means to serve God. And it's also translated throughout the Old Testament as worship. Go and tend to that garden. Go cultivate that garden because the work that you are doing is worship to God. You see, if we're not careful, what we do is we actually make spiritual leaders in the image of God and we devalue what takes place outside of the two hours that happen here on a Sunday morning. Like for whatever reason, people up here are closer version of the image of God or people on the worship team, people that just get prophetic words about singing, they must be the closest to the image of God. But for the rest of us, we're called to just go into work. You ever hear that I'm going to do my secular job? I got my secular job. Are you bivocational is what the last pastor is like, as if we have, we're in the world and we're out of the world, like we're spiritual, but sometimes we're not. Has anybody heard of that? Does anybody pray all day long or do you have to actually work? Because it sounds like you're only in the image of God for like, I don't know, what was worship, 40 minutes this morning you were in the image of God? You were ruling upon this earth as you were declaring his praises. And then what do you do? You don't rule any longer? He actually said, go to work. Get a job. Go and do something that actually benefits humanity here upon this earth. Build the garden of what heaven is supposed to look like here upon this earth. Benefit humanity. He says, so they go and they cultivate it. They they tend it. They labor. They work for the Lord as this is a form of worship to him. And we know that then they gave those keys of authority, but we've already talked about that we've got them back. So what does life actually look like? What are we actually supposed to do then in this world? See, we went back to the idea that our main original purpose was to rule on this earth, was to be fruitful and multiply. He actually says, he blesses them and says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. It's a blessing for us to live in, to be rulers upon this earth. And then he starts off with showing them how, by saying, go and work in a garden. You see, there's this idea for whatever reason that there are some things that are spiritual and there's some things that are not and that there's some things that are, that are better than other people and, and maybe, you're, maybe if you're lucky, you're going to be in the ministry. Have you ever heard that, that statement, in the ministry? But then we refer to the fivefold ministry. When we're talking about in the ministry, we're talking about apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists, evangelists, pastors, teachers. But then the next scripture that, that we're actually find out about what the fivefold said is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. 
So we're saying we're in the ministry, but the saints are the ones that are doing the work of the ministry. All, all we're doing is equipping people so that all y'all can be ministers, so that all y'all can rule upon this earth, which looks like in your job, it looks like in your home, that you are cultivating, you are tending to the garden, you are bringing only that which is, is allowed in heaven into your garden. Each and every one of us has been given a unique purpose and a, a specific individual calling. And we have been told that we can do whatever we want to do. We can be whoever we want to be. And that sucks if you're not being what you've been created to be. That is a terrible way to live if all we're doing is trying to compare our lives to what our version of the most spiritual is. And then we try to feel pressure and forced into trying to become somebody that we were never created to be. The only thing that we are becoming is more like Jesus. And whatever part of Jesus he decided to make us look like is the, is the piece that we need to be. You see, what, what ends up happening is we try to find things in our lives to justify who we are. We even do it like this, like, hey, what do you, you know, we'll, we'll meet somebody. Hey, my name is Matthew. Uh, oh, hi, my name is Rachel. Hey, what do you do? Like the next sentence is, what do you do? Because I need to classify in, your, in my mind who you are to me. If I find out you're a doctor, I'm going to be really nice, so maybe you can donate some money to me. If I find out that you, that you do whatever else, then maybe I'm going to look at you a little different. I'm going to put you in the back row. But what if your piece of the garden is your piece of the garden and you were just faithful to, to cultivate your piece of the garden? Because each and every one of us are made in the image of God. It was broken down. The statues of Pharaoh fell to the ground. God declared that all of humanity is made in his image. All of humanity is called to rule upon this earth. Not just a select few, not just a special couple that are doing the ministry and everybody else is supporting them. Sorry, West Michigan, your lies don't stand in the well. Each and every one of you are called to do something, and it's out of who you were created to be. Think about this. David, David is sitting there tending the, tending the flock in his field. He's just doing what he's, he's doing faithfully what it was that he was supposed to do. He's out there. Samuel comes to town. It's time to anoint king. Now, if it was me and I was David, I find out Samuel's coming, I'm going to be in line. I'm not going to be up there tending the flock, being faithful. I'm going to try to work my way to the front of that line so that I, and then take that oil and smash it against my face or something. That would be my route. David was a more faithful person. This is why Jesus sits upon his throne and not my throne. So David, all he is at this point is a shepherd boy. And for whatever reason, the Lord sees something in David that's unique to him. Something that he created him to be that nobody else saw. All the brothers, he goes by the brothers. None of them are anointed. He said, there's one more that I have in the field. Let's get him down here. Let's anoint him. Now, all of a sudden, David is anointed king. David is anointed king over Israel. Listen, this guy was not a warrior. He was a shepherd. About five verses later, Saul is frustrated, right? He's, he's, got, he's being, uh, what is it called? Annoyed or uh, tormented. Annoyed is, is also a good word for that. Annoyed by the devil. <laughs> He's being annoyed by the spirit. And they say, can we find somebody that knows how to, to, to get rid of this thing? And they say, oh, we know of David. He is a brave warrior that also prays the, 
plays the lyre. David was a shepherd. But now all of a sudden he's anointed with the Spirit of God and people are starting to call him a warrior. Then we know the rest of the story. Shortly after that, David goes and he destroys Goliath. He chops his head off and he throws it into the Philistine's face. This man, who he was called to be, he functioned out of. It was something happens when the Spirit of God comes upon you and you get anointed for a specific purpose that even if you're not walking in it, there's nothing you can do to get away from it. So who we are should reflect what we do and not the other way around. He was called warrior before he was in war. And each and every one of us, there is something in our lives that burns in us. There's something in us that we are like, if I could just redo life like this, this is what I would do. I'm here to tell you to do it. If only this lined up and this lined up and this lined up, then I would finally be able to have the time or the resources or the money. If you're too strapped to death, then sell everything and go do what it is that the Lord called you to do. If there is something standing in the way of the purposes of God in your life that's nothing but a gate that is trying to keep you out, and we are meant to tear those gates down and to tend to our garden, whatever that looks like, like, like it could be that you are raising up world-changing children. It could be that your specific purpose in life is to be a teacher that shows care and value to children. Do you know there was a teacher that rescued me? There's this teacher. I was 18 years old. I just got kicked out of high school. Was one week before it ended, they said, sorry, you can't come back. I'm like, I got a week left. You guys are going to do this to me one week left. And there was a teacher that reached out to me, and he sat with me, brought me to Panera, and he just started talking. Hey, what's going on? How's life? And I just sat there and bawled. I'm like, oh, my gosh, somebody sees me. That man was cultivating a garden here upon this earth. There are unique gifts and callings in this room that are not less than or less important because you're working a secular job. Let's get rid of that word altogether. You are, work, you are a kingdom advancer upon this earth, and it happens to look certain ways. Look, I don't feel like I am called or was born with some ability to, to open up a restaurant. Right? I, I feel like what I personally am called to is to be creative and to be a communicator. The way that that looks like for me is to do that through a restaurant. I am creative in the way that I'm trying to design the menu and what it looks like when you walk in the door so that I can sh- communicate value to individuals. So it doesn't matter what it is that you are doing. Find out who it is that you are created to be and find avenues for that thing to come out. I believe that that's what it looks like. Is he, says, he said it in such a simple way. He didn't say, go and rule upon this earth and pray for the rest of your life. Go and grab a shovel and start digging and building a garden. The thing about cultivating is what it actually does is what you're doing is you are, you are removing the hard dirt at the surface. You're removing the, what the sun has scorched and you're loosening up the dirt, which allows for rain, nutrients, and the seed to actually take plant. See, I believe that each and every one of us are called to cultivate this garden upon the earth so that when the word of the Lord comes down, there is good soil for it to land in. And it doesn't look like just church on Sunday mornings. It looks like in the hospitals. It looks like in your workplace. It looks like in your home, at Meyer, wherever it is that you are called to cultivate that soil so that when the word of the Lord is released over that area, it has room to sit and to be planted It has room to sit and to grow, to be watered. 
Because we've started cultivating the culture of the kingdom of heaven here upon this earth. See, there's something that happens when we actually recreate the atmosphere in which we're living in. Heaven is inside of us. We just need to get it out. We need to push back the darkness upon this earth, remove the chaos. Because the other thing that happens when you start cultivating that ground is weeds start getting exposed and they start to die. So when you start to say yes to some things and no to other things, this is allowed in the garden. This is not allowed in the garden. I'm sorry, we don't welcome abortion in America. It now allows the kingdom of heaven to plant seeds on fertile soil that is ready and primed for revival. See, I believe that we have been trying to have meetings when the Lord has been trying to have us have a mission, trying to give us a mandate to get out and to tend the soil of this land, uh, starting in this neighborhood, into this city, into this region, into this nation, and across the globe. We, for too long, separated the divide of what is important and what is not. When each and every one of us were been given a shovel, and whatever part of the garden that looks like for you is beautiful, Whatever part of that garden it is for you that you are called to expand. See, it says, be fruitful and multiply. Jesus said it like this. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Jesus is continuing the same mandate that we were given from the beginning of time. Discipleship is more than just giving somebody a teaching. But what it actually looked like in the Bible was a rabbi would would impart their entire lifestyle. The person would begin to speak like the rabbi. They actually walked so close behind the rabbi that they would pick up the mannerisms of the rabbi. If they walked behind me, they'd be shaking their hips while they're preaching. It's just the way that it goes. But this is what discipleship actually looked like. So much so that you become who the rabbi is so that you now have the authority, the same authority is given from that rabbi to then carry on the teaching from the previous generation. The goal is is that we're all supposed to look just like Jesus. Making disciples of all nations is much more than just preaching the gospel with words. It's actually doing it with our hands. It's engaging with our heart. It's actually getting involved in people's lives. Now I'm going to do a quick plug for Kids Hope. There, across the street, I did not realize this, there are, what do you say, like 15 families? 15 to 30 families. There are 400 students across the street. There are 15 to 30 families that are a uh, two-parent, doing good household. Out of 400 children that go to the school across the street. 400 children. They, I didn't realize this is a, basically one of, the, one of the most difficult inner city schools in Grand Rapids, just in a nice setting, right across the street. And so Kids Hope is, is something that you're actually able to go in there to just spend time with that student. Maybe you could be that rescuer, the same one that I experienced in my life. I'm talking about getting real with life, not pretending and hoping that things are going to work out for us. But if there are things in our heart that we haven't done and we know that we are called to do, it's time to trash everything that's getting in the way. It's time to ditch it all and to sell out for Jesus. Because we have been created to rule upon this earth, not to run from the devil. We have been given the authority to push back darkness, not hope that it comes and overtakes us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And there is a mandate that the Lord is releasing this morning to get into your lane and to run fast in it, 
You don't need to try to get it in anybody else's lane. It matches. It's perfect with what Max had just shared. I didn't tell him what I was preaching on and with what he had shared this morning and what the Lord had shown him. And I believe that what this does is it takes the pressure off, both for us to be somebody else, but also to walk into the rest of God because we're doing the work that he has for us instead of trying to do our own. You know, I, uh, I've got four kids, eight-year-old, seven-year-old, three-year-old, pray for us all, and a one-year-old. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So my eight and my seven-year-old, though, is pretty cool. I'm able to start seeing things in them that I'm starting to cultivate. Like the thing about cultivating ground is it takes time. It takes patience. But it takes effort and consistent effort in order to see what it is that you're trying to grow come to pass. And I've been watching my eight-year-old. She loves to bake. Like loves to bake. And so for her, what we, what we do, Rachel uh, actually just this past week took her to Meyer and said, if you want to bake something, it's up to you to get your ingredients. And we're trying to make it her responsibility because it could actually be something. It may be nothing. But it may be a purpose that the Lord had put in her life for, for something down the road. So instead of trying to tell her, be all that you want to be, I'm trying to find what the Lord had created her to be in cultivating that in her life. Each and every one of us have people in our spheres of influence that the Lord has called us to help cultivate the ground of the kingdom in their lives. See, this message isn't just about what should I do for myself but it's about whose ground am I called to help cultivate? So I'm looking at my daughter, at the, at the uh, eight-year-old, and man, she just came alive as she baked this thing. My other daughter, the seven-year-old, they're all daughters. I got daughter, 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 daughter. The seven-year-old, she, uh, man, that girl is a performer of performers. Like, she wants to be, have YouTube channels. She wants to sing. She made this thing that apparently we have a family band now. Our first song is, uh, what is it? Firework by Katy Perry is what, what our first song. Because she wants to shine, shine, shine. Uh, yeah, but she's like, wants to shine, you know? So, <laughs> so what we did, we've noticed this in her. We've noticed that there's something in her. It seems like there's a purpose inside of her that just unlocks people. It's, she's hilarious. She loves to perform. And so we start getting her gifts. For Christmas, she got a little, uh, from my mom, she got a stand to hold a phone so that she can create her own YouTube channels. She created a YouTube channel called How to Make Everything Awesome. So whatever it is that she makes, she's showing you how to make it awesome. So she's baked cookies. She's done this craft to make these stars so that you can have fun and make everything awesome with. But we're cultivating that ground. We're seeing something inside of her. And we are intentionally drawing out the good and the things that are getting in the way we're kicking out of the house. Like, no, sorry, you can't go keto. You're going to bake, you know. <laughs> so we're getting rid of that thing. But what are the areas in your life, what in your workplace, the people in your workplace have you been called to cultivate? What, in, what neighbors are, in, are around your house that you have been called to cultivate? To literally just see what it is that God is doing and say yes to it. 
That's what we're doing. We're not trying to make somebody into somebody else. We are partnering with the Spirit of God, knowing that they are created in the image of God to rule upon this earth, to cultivate a garden, and I'm going to help them find that potential. So what places is God calling you to? Where does your garden extend to? We're going to take like two minutes. I really want us to search this out real quick. You have to figure out your whole meaning of life here in two minutes. (laughs) Do or die. Here we go. And think. (laughs) Father, I pray right now, Lord, that there would be an opening up, an unlocking, God, of even dreams, Lord, that, that that people have thought are too big, but then they remember that we are made in your image to rule upon this earth, to reign in this life through Jesus Christ, and to do it with compassion, to do it with love, to do it with service towards people. And so, Father, I pray that you would unlock God dreams in this room, that you would show us what it is that is our purpose, and out of our purpose we would function, Lord, not the other way around. We wouldn't try to find the activities to justify who we are, but we listen to who you say we are. And we activate those things in our lives. Father, show us. Show us what it means to cultivate this garden that you have given us upon this earth. To bring order to the chaos. Matthew 28 says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He starts that up, letting us know he's got it all. So go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. All authority has been given to him. He has then given that authority back to who rightly had it in the first place, you and I. Anything that stands in the way is just a gate to be torn down. So I want to encourage you to unlock that dreamer and start listening to the dreams of heaven over your life. Not out of selfish ambition. Not the ones that you wish that you could dream. Because the only way you'll truly be fulfilled is doing what his purposes are for your life. It's specific to how you have been created and how I have been created. Remember, I said that I feel personally called to create and to communicate. For me, it looks like being a pastor at church and owning a restaurant. If I use my natural mind, I would think maybe I should be an artist or something. But just think about what are the specific things that burn in God's heart and ask him what are the avenues that you can see those things come to pass and walk them out. I'm excited. We serve an amazing, good, good father. All right. We done, Lord? We're done. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope you were impacted by this message. For more information about The Well Grand Rapids, please visit our website at www.thewellgr.com.